0: Ladies and gentlemen, and non-gen binaries, welcome to episode three of the Hero Philosophers Motherland Station. This is Gregs, And this is Spaceman Davey. And introducing Charlotte, back again. What? Hey. Charlotte's back. Charlotte's back. Why why is she back? Because she's like, she's the new Mick. What? (laughs) She's the new
1: Mick? I hope Mick is
0: listening. I hope, I think Mick is listening. So if you remember from last season, Mick is going to LA and he's currently driving
2: there he now he's probably in stasis he's driving there like currently as we speak he's driving there now yeah. now but as you will be listening to this if you're listening to this on like the release he's still not in LA yet not yet I think he's somewhere maybe in- like Colorado by then he's in Colorado going yeah, to our greatest hits he's skiing hits. <laughs> he's skiing and he's listening oh yeah but he's probably going to be listening to the reviews you know the old uh, old podcast the goodies yeah
1: the the goodies goodies. with the
2: oldies and then and then he's going to stumble across this one and he's going to be
0: like They replaced me. Damn right. And Charlotte's awesome. So Charlotte's here.
1: Hi. I'm going to work on more than hi as a... We're
0: going to get deep. Yeah.
1: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm not Mick.
0: (laughs) We're probably going to get a nickname at some point in time. Absolutely. So this is episode three. I'm so excited for today. Davis, I have to give you the biggest props. um, Biggest props? Yes. For putting me onto the dirty projectors. Oh. Oh. Is it like one projector now? It's like one guy.
2: No, it's projection. I it's
1: <laughs> uh,
2: I don't know. I think it's still multiple. I think that's part of the theory. I
1: think they've changed it up a little bit. Though this album sounds different. It's a little more refined than some of the, the older ones. It's also more electronic sound. Like I don't know that that um, the single. What's her name? Cool your heart. Who's
2: on that one? Oh well, it's uh, Solange like helped write it. I know she helped Dawn, write it, but who's Dawn Don Richards. Yeah, yeah, okay,
1: that was yeah. Well, well was people,
2: uh, people, some gateway. people talk about it being like poppy, which is
0: still funny. I was like explaining right. that.
1: David was like, it's, like, "This is
0: their pop album," and I was like, "Wait, wait, wait! This is their pop it's album." Just, like,
1: it's more accessible, I think. So I, I,
0: so. I, dead ass like downloaded five Whoa. of their albums yesterday, Whoa. and oh. I was like, I "Have to get through." I know there's more.
1: Like, well,
2: the songs are so short, shorter. Like the longest, radio the longest song on this track. Sorry, is. I know this so. Well. The longest song on this album is six minutes. Um, okay, that's cool. And like that was like probably about the average for the earlier
0: albums. Wow, it's like long yeah. form songs. I got you. So like,
2: there's like, there's like a pretty steady like intro to most of these songs. That was, like, a minute. It's just, like, a very short, like, they're, like, I've noticed that there's, like, just, like, really, like, quick intros and they're, like, very different from the rest of, of, of the song. But, okay. like, that build-up was, like, all it was about on the earlier albums. Like, just, like, a, this really slow, like, big
0: band sort of feeling. Um. I'm about to go through it, man. I'm, like, super excited. <laughs> like, yeah. I was on Amazon Prime, like, oh, shit, I can download five of these? I'm excited. It's lit. But, like, from that first song i was like yo like i'm like hearing like kanye i'm like hearing like yeah. a whole bunch of shit right now and i'm like i'm sold and like when you for me i listen to albums front to back i'm like i consume albums i'm not really a single yeah. guy i was like from the first like 30 seconds and i was listening to the lyrics lyrically like on this album i was like "Yo, oh this and we were brainstorming
2: there. and we got like
0: shit we done. got mad shit done <laughs> right inarticulate right yeah. is launched uh, officially oh
1: yeah
2: whoa what are yes. we just like gonna pass and not announce it no I guess that was good like a... that was my nice was little segue pl- that was a segue okay. and then i actually have a, a question after this but first inarticulate magazine if you go to our facebook page our most recent post one you can see our beautiful cover art designed by none thank none you. other than the gregs thank you thank you i mean someone was like i i, I can't remember who it is it was like someone close to us, I can't remember, but they were like when I look at that image, I see like innertak like that's like like what it makes me think of so see that's good to...
0: yeah what that's so good. yeah oh, man. as a designer sometimes you're like you know does, do people get it you know? yeah it might have been me right, cool. before he left, which is a little like a little inside disastrous. baseball yeah. but whatever yeah it works out. um so
2: if you go there is a a a fancy fancy Google form <laughs> That you can fill out. Absolutely, fancy. We have our, you know, we have our editorial statements on there. Check space Man out. and Greg's. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what is this magazine about? Like, what are, what are we trying to create this space for? We have um, submission slots. Um, you can apply to four different parts. Of the magazine, and because Absolutely. it's powered by the podcast, obviously the four parts are Hero, Philosophy,
0: Motherland, and Station, yeah. and we explain what those mean for those who want to submit. So please submit. Check us out on our Facebook page, and you can email us always at HeroPhilosophersMotherland. Yeah. No, no. HeroPhilosophers at no, HeroPhilosophers. Hero I wish you can just start, type that into yeah. your, you know, your your email and You'll just say, it. you know, it's going to get to the right people. Okay.
2: So <laughs> yeah. so back to the Dirty Projectors. Yes. Uh, what was the when was the first time you heard about them, Charlotte? Because we were talking about how we were a little
1: like, bit late college. I don't know, senior year, like randomly, like maybe via Spotify they recommending it to me. No, you know, like those playlists on Spotify yeah. that I feel very conflicted about but can't stop listening to, kind of like Discover Weekly, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, they were. They were putting me on to the Dirty Projectors. I don't know. Maybe I just didn't have cool enough friends yeah. at the time that would already put me on to them. It seems like you're doing the work, the good work. Oh right well, no, but I <laughs> mean,
0: I mean, I
2: honestly had never heard of them. Well, until but the, then. they were the like appropriately obscure br- group that I could always bring up. Like I, I, I'm not that much of a music like I like I I have friends that are always like on the music blogs and doing everything else. So I like love to keep them around. Um, but like to be honest, it was my brother. Wowzers. like he literally used stillness in the move in his, in his wedding. That's deep, man. Like that that's, was like yeah. that was like I don't know if it's what we walked down to as the groomsman, So that was like senior year. That was like
0: 2010. Yeah. The last song I heard that was like yo this has to play at my wedding was like Rose Golden by like Kid oh, yeah? Cudi and Willow Smith. I feel oh, yeah. like <laughs> of his lap. That song. Is Mine like, is epic Leon is Bridges, uh, River. I, I
1: think I gotta go with some bad. like. Maxwell off the new album like uh, that I, I mean, mean Maxwell's like, always said I mean when is when is Maxwell matter. wrong the answer is never but yeah. like I think Lake by the Ocean would yeah. be like such a nice it belongs yeah. somewhere so I can't really
2: but I but just full circle I can't really claim that I mean totally my brother who's like doing musician thing in Nashville he like he he was like yeah Like I even talked to him recently he's like oh yeah Dave is like one of the best technical guitarists and like singers out there um and my big prediction though and which is not really that big of a prediction because he already has connections is that Kanye's
0: going to sample this. I like, mean yeah like when just I him. when I heard that first I, I was listening and I'm and I make hip hop and I was like yo like the samples on this shit is crazy and i feel bad like saying that because like you want to keep your samples to yourself but like this this album really has. oh like but shit. i mean I he drops like 808s and like, like it was it references. was 808s it was Jesus. it was like on site but like softer and melodic it was like all that shit. No, I, I, well i'm also saying that he literally
2: like name drops right. them
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. so I that helps you know <laughs> that kind of you can't get away from
2: you like set no the, matter you set
1: the stage for kanye he he will appear
2: I'm on, like, my 50th listen, like, and I was a week late hearing that it was out. No, You do that.
1: You get really into something, and then you just play it and play it. Play it. Like, like, how are you doing on Chance's album?
2: Oh, so those <laughs> those have literally been the two. <laughs> have
1: you taken a break? The Davis two- only owns two albums. <laughs> the I only
2: own two albums. I don't know any other You're music. Like, oh, you can't plug
0: in your phone? Like, what do you got? No, it's only two songs. I'm
2: um, sorry, <laughs> only we're only albums. listening to Chance. Sorry, I have Apple
0: Music, so I don't download any albums uh, anymore. Uh, I just have it all for free. I actually brought their album. I brought the dirty projectors You out. bought it. It'll be in my home tomorrow. See, I'm
1: the good bad one. I'm not supporting
0: the artist. So that's I'm like just... the good for you for like, you still buy those things. No, it's like,
1: good. Okay, I buy concert tickets. That's how I'm contributing to You know what?
2: You're actually paying them more that's than That's what I am. Mick was getting on to me about the you other know, like you're day. You're actually he was paying like, them more than like, I. Like, you have to support. Pay. Go to this chance concert. And I'm like, I don't
0: know I'm, I'm gonna yeah, go. Yeah, like, you have to go, like, and just like make that shit happen. No. You want to push the music to the people, like like the guy in the party's like yeah. Push a tea? <laughs> yeah, because <it's laughs> we not quite like push it so we. Were-
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure you are like Pusha T. I was like, <laughs> that's like I, don't, I don't
0: see Pusha T in the this cut. This is a referencing la- a conversation like, <laughs> from last night. I was sorry. like, I don't see Pusha T saying like, 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 listen to my album. Yeah, listen, like, listen don't, to this. Yeah. yeah, I don't see. I, I, don't see I mean, I push some things with other things
2: just on the side, you know.
0: That's not that's Pusha not your life. Pushing that,
2: both. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna
0: call it right in there In the street. Bro. Uh, no. Come no. Come on. No. Come on. Can uh, we fool our audience? Are you having brunch in the street? Like, I don't know.
2: Hey, I'm not, that I'm not a bruncher.
0: Stop that. I'm not a
1: bruncher either. And I All would right. take offense
0: at oh, that. But, okay. yeah.
1: <laughs> Brunch feels derogatory. All right, let's...
0: <laughs> All right. Let's get into it. Yeah. All right. So, we had. So, I'm back at politics and Pros. You guys found out last episode. I can't get away. I can't get can't... You can't when, once they have you, they put you right back. But there was this gorgeous event. Um, book on Tyranny by Tiffany Timothy Snyder. And he was just talking about. Um, the many different ways uh, we should prepare ourselves for like what this new government means. And I know we're not, we don't try to get very political here with like a hard agenda. So I'm trying to pull back from that. But the one thing you that better we're pull there, back, I'm pulling back pull back all the way. <laughs> so I'm just going to read the like thesis statement from the first chapter of on tyranny. Someone's listening and saying the fuck the, the first chapter. This is a very small book. So stay with me. All right. Number one. Do not obey in advance. Most of the power of authoritarianism is freely given. In times like these, individuals think ahead about what a more repressive government will want and then offer themselves without being asked. A citizen who adapts in this way is teaching power what it can do. One good uh, example Timothy Snyder brought up was the Milgram experiment. And if you're not familiar with the Milgram experiment, he was... uh, Psychologist who wanted to do the study in Germany, uh, but he couldn't, so he had to go to Yale and pretty much he set up this like fake right so you, yeah. sorry yeah.
1: it's like no Germany better go to Yale yeah, right so it's like it's second, second,
0: best. second best. best second best so you can't do it another, you just gotta go to Yale you know they're not gonna let you do what you wanna do right that's what I did so I, you know.
1: <laughs> Germany wouldn't have me either
0: they wouldn't have me yeah out. it wouldn't have me yeah it wouldn't have me either, yeah, it have me either. so you know, I just went outside you know went, you know, I went to Harvard or something <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't they wouldn't have me so this anyway
1: it's like a joke I don't know what that th- I'm waiting for the punchline the punchline I, is tyranny
0: <laughs> Line is tyranny. So, you want to like see if like Germans, right? So, like you know, we all know about World War Two, Nazi Germany. So, initially, it started off to say, are Germans in particular more likely to kind of just follow horrendous orders because of whatever socialization thing? And you know, Germany was like, you're not conducting that experiment in our country. So he's like, all right, cool, I'll go to Yale, right? So he goes to Yale and he sets up this experiment. So pretty much how it works is you have. Teachers and learners, right? So people come in, they sign up for the experiment across like the intellectual spectrum. Like you have people who go to Yale, some everyday guys in the community, and you have he splits his group into teachers and to learners, right? Teachers are people who are behind the glass and they're instructed. uh, You're going to present these patterns and different questions that people on the other side, the learners, have to give you back the right response. And if they don't give you the right response, you know, just press this button, they'll get a little jolt. And each time they get a wrong response, you know, we'll just kind of turn the juice up and we're trying to like test learning, right? What the people that were teachers didn't know who were pressing the button with but the people on the other side were actors. They were in on it. They said every time you see the button go and you see where it is on the scale, like from like zero to 100 as far as intensity, uh, you know, just act it out. So what he found was in this new environment. You know, you want to impress. You want to do exact. You want to follow the rules because you know it's a study. It's quote unquote science. That people went from zero percent to sixty five percent, knowing that, and they were told like, like these people are feeling real pain, hundred percent potentially lethal. Some people went all the way Mm. without questioning. You know their responses. They just did their job. Um, and some people just left afterwards. And the people on the other side are really acting this out. Like they're getting like their life shocked from them, Unresponsive after like jerking their bodies in contorted ways. And after the experiment was over, they just left. You know what I'm saying? And that was it. They didn't ask how the other person was on the other side. And pretty much what we learned from that experiment was that we as people are very open to adapting to new rules. So in that environment, you know, these people gave up, and this wasn't like 100%, but the majority of people involved didn't question uh, authority. They didn't ask, why are we using real pain? What is the purpose of this study? Like, why are we even doing this? You know, I'm not going to stand up and hurt somebody, I don't know, right? So it kind of just fell into the idea of like, how can you have a whole nation of people kind of stand up regardless if they're with it or not to like oppress the Jews? And we're kind of seeing this today in terms of how are we informing This new government or however your political things are, whatever your fight is, how do we inform systems of power what they're capable of? And what do we need to be mindful of? Like, what are we doing that tells people that seek authority over us or oppressing us that, you know what, it's okay. I'm going to obey in advance. So it's like many different ways in which, like, I think about it, like being an African-American, like, how do I inform my idea of, like, like white corporate society or, like, police officers, how do I, how am I informing their power as much as their said authority is informing this kind of symbiotic or, you know, kind of, you know, more malicious and symbiotic relationship? So that's just something I w- want to just kind of open up. Like, how are we, like, informing different systems of power, you know, giving them their reign and telling them what their potential is?
2: Yeah, the word that, like, I... You haven't used yet, I don't know... It also has a lot of baggage, but um, complicity. Yeah, I don't know if you said that, but um, that's that's hard because. So, so here's, I mean, here's the, the thing that I would react first is that, it's kind, of, like, it's scary because there's so many, there's already so many layers of people questioning themselves and like their role and their relationship to the government and their relationship to leaders, so that like. Tyranny has the upper hand because, like, all it has to do is disorient people into thinking, into start like pointing the blame on each other, or like on themselves, or you know, or how they, you know, how they involve. And I think complicity is like, uh, as you know, as you get kind of involved with like protest and resistance movements, like I think that the one thing that is like thrown out is like, well, you don't know what you're doing. Like you're being complicit in this by not by inaction, by, by not reacting, by not um, placing any... And so, for me, you speak about, like, from your perspective, I come from the South, um, learning that I am more and more Southern without <laughs> realizing it. Um, but, like, the ties that I have, the, the, the way people rationalize things, the way people talk about the world, and the way people talk about government and politics um, is from a very hands-off perspective. Um, and I think that a lot of people... Especially in DC, where we are, you know, we're around a lot of conversations. I have. They would see that as being complicit um, in what is happening today, and and not only in that. I come from a very uh, religious subset of the South, um, and there are some people that um, that I I know that are within that st- still maintaining like uh, ties with that body, with that religious body that see um, the 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 church, and and I mean the church. Christian church universally in terms of, like, the United States, Christianity's involvement and everything, but specifically in the South and certain denominations as being complicit, just as they were in slavery, um, complicit in, you know, the election of, you know, such a, you know, person as, as... Number forty was it forty five? Is that 45. what people say? Forty five. Forty five, yeah. And you know, um, so that conversation is definitely being thrown around. So I I like I understand that viscerally from the from the point of, you know, where where am I? Like where like it's almost like whose team are you on? Um that you know that um, because when we bring up questions of is this like world war Two, hitler era is this like you know pick pick your genocide pick your like tyrant your leader your tyrant <laughs> your, your tyrant, your alternative
1: alternative tyrant alternative you know, facts alternative tyrant pick your thing that you know <laughs> it relates
2: to and 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 you start to like question you know you, you question reality on a lot of on, on a lot of levels
1: well there's complicity and then there's the social contract right I mean, uh, when we live in a democracy, um, we are trusting something to uh, an elected official, um, like it or not, and none of us like it, and nobody listening likes it. I'm almost positive. Uh, He is the elected president of the United States. Fair by the way our system is constructed currently, whether you think that's really fair for future scenarios that may end up in the same way that's that's a different debate um but the contract is you know we and it's an old one and it's subject to revision like all major institutions like this and has been revised in our lifetime and in our parents lifetime um just the terms of what we what we give up in exchange for the protections that we receive so i guess um this comes down to, to to Two main issues for me is the, the personal, like your daily actions, mm-hmm. you know, what what you do uh, when you're confronted with a situation that you can directly influence, and then what you trust to uphold the, the abstract things on a broader scale, on a broader level. Now, I don't think this is absolutely parallel a situation to... Uh, Nazi Germany, I, I understand that a lot of people are uh, alarmed. Certainly, I was very alarmed. That, you know, a lot of um, ugly crying on my uh you know, personal <laughs> level, I'm willing to admit it. Um, yeah, yeah, you know that 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 like full on like no one should see me in this state um, unless they're my parents type crying like, but at work, so it's better um, and, and more dramatic. Um, <laughs> and you're not the only one. Uncle uh, no, no it's, actually, it's I was. Um, oh. Can I just say oh. I was? Time. Yeah, um, I was. I was just <laughs> yeah. like like just. I was melting as a human. Anyway, it was not cute. was a boss style. My boss forgives me. I was still functional. That was what was crazy. Um, anyway, I can, uh, through a film of tears. Anyway, the, the point is this, like, so I, I think our institutions are still intact, certainly under threat, certainly under threat of having their funding cut. Um, and certainly, um, perhaps, we are questioning the bond of trust that we put in them and that um, our elected officials may manipulate uh, those relationships. Um, There's certainly some sense of that, but um, Hitler's rise to power was slow. Um, Think boa constrictor. Um, And it, 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 it took people, well, it was a different time in which people felt much more entitled to their prejudices on a public way, not to say that we don't have those issues still, but um, people were less surprised, and things were incremental, and this happened over a decade um, of continuous tightening. Uh, and a lot of people, uh, the, I mean, Hitler and and his cohort are not entirely to blame for uh, the feelings that came about. So I guess. My broader question is: This is a daily action, which you could say accumulates to complicity over time, right? Um, but here's here's a personal example from me. Okay, so I had this weird moment. I it was like two or three weeks ago, maybe it's two weeks ago. Um, after I was reading about all these um, ICE raids that were like picking up, um, yeah. and like they were just taking advantage of people in vulnerable situations, and of course those are the headline grabbing news stories, um, you know people who are discussing the role of churches in and protecting citizens or talking about something routine that turned into um, an ice raid or, you know, reading stories about nervous, um, undocumented immigrants who are, you know, withdrawing their kids from schools or not getting medical care or various situations like that. So I live in Columbia Heights um, in D.C., and this is an area that has, like, I I believe actually the majority of the immigrants in the area are from El Salvador, Um, but there's a ton of um, immigrants from Spanish, like, Hispanic countries, um, in general. Um, I don't really know exactly where they're from, but I, I know there's a lot of El Salvadorians in that area that immigrated in the, in the eighties. Um, anyway, I was walking home from work one day, it was really cold and I saw at an intersection that I normally walk straight through a man passed out in just a thin jacket. Um, it looked like over a bottle. Um, and I, I walked by him and I, I was thinking about how about two months ago in the in the really thick of this very uh, comparatively weak, but it had a couple of cold nights, winter, um, a man froze to death on the street in Columbia Heights and nobody called the police. Uh, nobody called an ambulance and this person froze to death on the street. Um, and I was thinking about this. And I was thinking about the man, and I was wondering how cold it was, and I was wondering what a person would be able to stand. And I was also thinking about those people that got themselves really wasted on the Titanic and drove into the really freezing cold water. And I was like, was that a true story? Was that not a true story? Anyway, I'm almost making the block. Um, And then I just, I don't know, I was like, he might die. I'm scared. So I stopped, and I called an ambulance. Um, And the ambulance like, they they knew the intersection, and it was all fine, and I was waiting down the street, um, and I was really, really conflicted about whether to call an ambulance um, in general. Um, I was worried he was going to die, because it was getting colder, and what if it rained, and it froze on him, and I didn't, you know, all the scenarios you think of, but later, I couldn't stop thinking, About what if, and this is D.C., so this is less likely than in some other places, to be fair. But what if me calling an ambulance because I was worried this man might die? What if that turned into an involuntary ice raid on the Uh, hospital and the man got deported? I mean, broader scheme of things, broader scheme of things, you know, death, deportation. Most of us would choose deportation. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, let's get a Yeah, we like. To live. OK, great. Yeah. So so there's that. But I could not get the situation out of my head because I realized that the voice that was in my head that was asking me about my decision making process, um, that that is a voice that applies to this discussion. You know?
0: Yeah. It's like, you know, it's in terms of it. it so, like, I see that a lot sometimes, like certain communities, like there's a dispute locally between two people in, like, a predominantly community of color, should I really call the police or should we just try to square this out because their lives will be on the line? And that's not even me, like, having a debate um, about, like, how African-Americans are treated. Like, that is that is a reality. Right? So it's, like, how do... So that's, like, one thing also, right? And, but then it's, like, oh, then it's, like, whoa, am I teaching power what it can do, right? So, like, like because of, like, my fear of of police brutality, I'm afraid, of leaning on um, the resources that are here. And then you have this entire idea of, like, you know, bystander syndrome, right? We have this assumption that, oh, there's a problem, there's a society around me where someone's going to take and care of that.
1: I will say, it's interesting to me the way that that breaks down, because here I was trusting in an institution, in this case, a medical one, um, a police-escorted medical one, a 911. I was, I was responding to... What I saw as, as a danger to himself, um, this, this man, I he wasn't a danger to anybody else, um, with a institutional solution because I didn't really feel personally equipped to handle that situation. So it's interesting to me that like you might say, like, when we're handling situations in a different community, we'll wonder whether like we can just resolve this because it's gonna be an even bigger issue to bring you know the police into the question. Me, I'm like, I don't know what this scenario actually is. Like, I don't know. It could have been fine. He could have been fine. Um, But that was my response, you know?
0: Right, so that kind of like builds into it. Like, so no one really knows what the new rules of engagement are, right? right? So like, we're we're all trying to like kind of juggle it. You have people who say resist by any means necessary. And then like this big thing came out this week, right? Like the Wikileaks thing. How many ways the CIA can like spy on you? So like, is this affecting like how like Americans live their lives, you know, like more interior based, like I'm not going to post as many, you know, share as many political articles or whatever, or do certain things while I'm at home because, oh shit, someone could be listening to me on my phone. And we need like, these are Snowden things Snowden revealed also, but like, shit, I'm like watching like Netflix. I'm watching this, I'm streaming this live off my television in the privacy of my own home where I'm having this discussion and I think I can have this. Here, like, what do they, like, know about me? And, like, Comey and, like, they're coming out today of saying that with the right legal kind of framework, there isn't any part, and this is a close quote, like, there isn't part of, like, American life that is truly private. Mm -hmm. So the idea of, like, privacy changing, right? And that informing, old shit, if I can't be private and have a conversation in my home unless I literally, like, take the you know the battery out of my phone if you can unplug your television if it doesn't have like a small battery inside right to like really kind of find a moment where i can kind of just try to you know be my true self or be alone so and how so like how are we like thinking about these ways and like complicity right so it's like how many so like you speak about like 46 percent of americans but did this you know three million popular vote you know Versus electoral vote. But then you have all these people who didn't vote either. Right. Yeah. So that's like the country. Right. So that's like teaching power, what it can do. Right. If we present a certain political environment with a certain message and I can convey it because of the power of my celebrity, how many people are less likely to vote? Right. Because they just don't like the options. Right. So like, what are we teaching by like compliance, by like inaction? How are we teaching like systems around us what they're capable of right like we're we're saying like shit like ISIS, is so serious like fuck like maybe i wouldn't have called the cops right maybe as a different person i'd be like yo i know what this person is going through like shit like i'm gonna try to like nudge him and like get the fuck out the way (laughs) you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. but like i'm walking like a different capacity right because i'm not right because i'm like walking in a different body a different you know, cultural currency and all this other kind of shit. Right. So it's like, how are we kind of obeying in advance? What we expect could be problems or, you know, for us in this new situation. And what are we teaching power about itself?
2: I want to, I want to comment a little bit more about what we are obeying in terms of scale, because I think the social contract happens on a lot of different levels. Right. And so that, Tyranny can take place like when you watch a TLC special about. Actually, don't know if it's TLC. I can't even remember the channel.
1: <laughs> I'm um, really interested where this. But is the the, like
2: you know, like the the uh, the the certain uh, what is it called for like free uh polygamy? The people that like try to leave sister wives. Sister wives. Sister wives. Is You're that, welcome. Is is that it? the one that are like they? I don't watch. They comedy, help the people yeah. escape polygamy.
1: Oh no no! That's, Sister Wives is the one where we're celebrating the strange and wonderful. No, this is lives. the other one. This it's, is the
2: one where they there was a there's a group of people that escaped, um, and so now they're like it's a reality the TV show. Which again, there's another layer. It's not Breaking
1: it's, Amish that you're talking about.
2: No, that no, one's no, different. That's not
1: polygamy based. Um, but anyway, there's a whole cohort. All, this, there's, <laughs> an, there's
2: an entire example. I mean, the Scientology special. That I mean, that yeah, can be kind there. of talk about it. That but so you have um fear of tyranny in these small or you could watch the movie Dogtooth, because that that works too homeschooled that's like the homeschooled level but you have like these very small scales in which people have isolated certain communities and they've agreed to this social contract or they haven't and you know certain figures can be tyrannical in those smaller circumstances in which they require force and you know People end up obeying that just out of ease and comfort and everything else. but then you also have the scale of the United States of America. That scale to sometimes is 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 it's really hard to control for education and understanding and and to build a consistent contract when it is so large, so that there are already doubts in place about this institution um so in in some sense, I could see my own doubt or disenfranchisement from certain things that the government do as a contributor to this tyranny, but at the same time, if I choose and I'm saying this theoretically, if I choose to act on that, um which I am trying to in my life, I'm trying to build um certain collective communities i you know I have a lot of plans to to uh, build certain networks in different cities and, and, and arts spaces and everything else like that. Uh, but if, but if, you know, if I choose to do that and I establish some social contract that also contributes to, you know, unfair practices or, or, uh, you know, uh, injustices based on the hierarchy that is created, even in that small, what I consider to be a very trusting environment, just like, the Amish community or, or Scientology or anything else. Like, I, you know, you can just be, you, you, you can be as just as problematic. So I think, I think one thing for me to overcome is figuring out the right scale in which I can participate in this social, co- uh, the social contract, because to me, uh, the government,
0: the, the United States is just too large. Scale is like a big thing for me. And after I, I, I never really thought about that way. like, how are we teaching power like it's potential or like how far it can go. And then like, for me as like from like a very personal, like I can only, everything else becomes like an abstraction or like a theory after a certain point. But mm-hmm. like, so I, am starting to analyze like where in my day am I changing how I'm acting, how right. I'm talking, how I'm walking, what I'm talking about, where I talk about it out of a fear or like an anticipation of some blowback or out of, uh, I understood there may be a reward for me for doing for or for not doing something, right? So it's like, am I talking, am I using certain vernacular or, or vocabulary? Because I believe that it gives me more capital in this space where it really shouldn't have that much of a responsibility. Am I crossing the street and avoiding certain pl- uh, uh, authority figures, right? Because, you know, I'm and kind of feeding into the idea that I'm a second-class citizen by crossing the street and avoiding police officers, right? So it's like, how am I in my my everyday informing power, whether it be knowing I'm getting paid like 83 cents on a dollar compared to someone else and still taking that job, knowing right. So it's like, how am I informing power what it's capable? Especially
1: of? applicable on on Women's Day. Right. Hey, I, yeah, yeah. I thought you guys might do that as your intro, but then you didn't. So I have to shout it out right now. No,
0: <laughs> See, no, no, and there we go. No, that's right? So that's so yeah. And that was like I was I, bad. was I was trying to swing it into that like a day without Women's Day, right? So it's like 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 if you had the privilege of not going to work today, or if you wore red or or whatever it was, like how. Like, how, you know, can we, like, how is that, you know, showing, like, how different ways in which oppressed people, like, can say, no, we're no longer going to obey in advance or kind of adapt ourselves to a system that we know screws us over. How many times are we going to talk about equal pay or equal rights um, and then, like, still show up, like the world's, like, okay, right? So, like, the idea of being, like, leaving your job and schools were closing and all these different things. I think it has
1: to do as well with, with what rate of change we are willing to live with and accept. I mean, by most standards, life in America is better now than it was 50 years ago, 100 years ago. Like
2: yeah, a, yeah, it's
1: relative. It's never it's, it's relative no time yeah. to go back to. Yeah, stuff, you, like but, as a woman too, yeah. I would never want to go back in time. I, w- I remember one time I had a, a college essay to fill out, and they were like, "If you could go back to any moment in time, what would it be?" And I literally sat there and I go, "Any moment that I go back to sucks more than this moment to be a woman in, in any space." And so I was like, "I don't know, I, I don't know what I, what did I throw out there? Something weird and literary? Period. Yeah, like crustaceous period when we were all just you know like." Like whatever, stoop, right? amoebas or whatever the heck we were—I don't know—I kind of was sleeping in that class in college. I'll be honest with you. It was called Diversity of Life. It was the easy <laughs> <ad>. Um <laughs> Anyway, um, the, the 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 point is, is that I mean the the contract—the contract is 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 implicit in everything you do. Like I mean I don't know—it's it, the road you drive on that was built by, you know, government funding and contracts and um, the, it's the public transport you use. It's it's the clean water you drink. Um, it's not, like, anything you can avoid doing. Like, you, the, non-participation... This is what... I, I would draw back to the, your question about people that that didn't vote. Like, what their... Is that complicity? I don't know. I mean, like, there's no... <laughs> every state in the world unless you want to go to an unpopulated island which does sound very appealing right now but um, I'm kind of down for that long term though guys <laughs> long term um, there's no bookstores on unpopulated islands i have to, but, uh, thank shipment. god for Amazon <laughs> no no oh, don't say that <laughs> I
0: whoa, what oh wow <laughs> some oh, booksellers going to, uh, <laughs> no. we're going for to a, we're going to we're going to
1: a dark place to, send this to our owners yeah drones and Amazon will will take care of us on our, our abandoned island It's fine. I said it. Um, But I mean, community can be voluntary, like the things you're suggesting where like, oh, I'm choosing to participate in this because these are people who share my values and interests or whatever. Um, And then there's a certain basic protections. I mean, uh, the original idea of, A lot of government is to defend property, like which is when the libertarians get on their high horse. They're like, that's all government should do Um, or like and we should leave it up to private institutions to come in and and regulate other things. And because if the people want them, then they will exist and people will um, want to pay for things that guarantee that you know, standards are upheld or or they will want to pay for the company that they know upholds standards. But, but, but that's not how things work currently. So, I mean, if I go to CVS, I'm buying a drug that went through the FDA. I mean, it's like, it's just nothing that I do as a consumer or even a mouth breather, like, is without some part in that. There's
0: an ecology that. to all of it. Right. No, it's it's like kind interwoven. of an ecosystem. Like, it's really hard to buy something without, like, affecting some persons being, like, it, fucked over.
1: And nor, nor really should, are we suggesting that that is a, that is a preferable state. Uh, you know, wistful island ideas aside. Um, I, I'm interested, though. I mean, we're talking about daily action. Like, what kind of thoughts we could be having? How could they negatively or positively motivate, like, a, an idea of what is powerful? Um... Draw. It's enough people not doing things that they always say that leads to a negative consequence, but,
0: but then that kind of like builds itself off of like individual actions, right? So like that person you used to talk right. about who like froze to death and no one called, or it's like right. oh like oh someone's gonna take care of that, and how many people
1: walk by, and then you have this this moral question, you know, you have your Good Samaritan question. It's it's a it's For, a tough thing.
2: These these ideas that we're talking about, these ideas of of investment in your daily life and awareness um, is something that goes beyond see- seeing tyranny or seeing this fear or this oppression as something that is both supported by a system and that is integrated to a social contract, which we obviously cannot completely remove ourselves from immediately. Um that that it is also it is that, but it is also this other identity that doesn't ha- that has nothing to do with scale. that has nothing to do with our participation or not participation. But it's simply this this fear, this notion of I should not invest or I should not or I should change my behavior. I should change my form of being because of this idea. Right? Um, it's not actually directly opposed to. Trump per se, or a particular individual or, or or a particular organization, it's carried out by those things and it's handed down. But I mean the fear that you're addressing is that fear of that 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 kind of happens psychologically, like in the Milgram experiment. I mean it's the fear that if you were really shown what you were doing, you were you you were enacting this pain on another person. You were afraid to engage with this person on the street and not, not assuming all the layers. I'm, I wasn't, wasn't referencing that. Like it's, you know, there was a right or wrong in any of those circumstances. Cause it, cause there is, but it's more of like, what is it that you in that moment are engaging with? And it's so much, it's, it's produced by these systems and by certain individuals. Um,
0: but it's also disembodied from that. One thing like Timmy Stutter says that, Potential tyrants will utilize kind of this kind of large group contract, right, to gain access to, right? So, like, freedom of speech allows, like, Milo to go to university and say whatever is on Milo's mind, right? Granted, right, and I'm not, you know, saying that he's on the platform to be a tyrant or whatever, but, you know, just it, it gives people the, the legway to kind of spew something forward, right? And then by abusing and maybe to a certain extent abusing these privileges, right, it institutes they are provided power, right. They're accessing these kind of social contracts to then oppress kind of this personal kind of psychological, right. This kind of underground game, right. That kind of sits in the idea of like your everyday thinking and how you act and what you're predicting. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you think about like how things have, things happen so fast like you don't know what's happening next. Right. You know, ice raids outside of churches, like who was talking about that a month ago, like mm-hmm. outside of schools. Um, and then kind of this idea of, like, kind of being complicit through an action. And, like, the idea of, like, oh, I can just not do nothing itself is, like, a level of privilege, right? You kind of go down the line. Like, someone who's getting deported or someone who's getting, like, their life, you know, put in the hands of a police officer and they haven't done anything violent or it's kind of you know, police brutality. You know what I'm saying? They don't have, like, that same privilege to kind of saying, oh, well, you know, I'm not X, I'm not Y, I'm not Z, um a lot of this for me right now it sucks for those people, and I can mm-hmm. sympathize with that, but at a certain point, like the privilege of kind of disconnecting and those kind of three different things, like being aware of you know, again the the privilege that may allow you to disconnect from what's happening in certain groups, identifying what you're afraid of and that change your behavior, and what new rewards are you seeking from the society around you preemptively um from a society that's kind of changing into a lot of things that. You know, a lot of Americans or maybe just me and my group of people um, who kind of think you know, socially minded may not be down with
1: we're in an interesting moment where I wonder if the location of power is um, if we understand it mm. in the same way as we we might have before um, there's I mean I don't think we live in a tyranny um That might need to be established. Do you guys feel that we're currently in a tyrannical state in the United States? For
0: me, tyranny is something that can, I think you can have aspects of tyranny that to come into a full regime change require what I'm kind of trying to flesh out with this idea of like the two-way contract, the power that is being enforced um, or slowly kind of boa constrictor, to use your point, over time by people in a position that they've garnered through a previously existing social contract, and then power that's then given freely by the people out of fear, seeking a reward, or leaning into the privilege that they're not going to be affected. So I kind of feel like it's kind of like a bow constrictor kind of squeezing on you, and then you're like kind of...
1: And then you wake up and you're in a tyranny.
0: Right. Or, yeah, kind of thing.
1: Okay, Um, perhaps the term needs some parameters, but it's a bit late in the conversation to establish it. I will say um, our institutions, while under threat, are still functioning. Um, There is voice of dissent. The thing with Hitler, again, when he got elected, it was something like 30-something percent of the population even turned up to vote that year of a different voting era, um, different rights of voting and, um, and, and Germany has it differently structured and had it differently structured, um, government than we do. Uh, it's not, you know, this electoral college popular vote, uh, two major parties, they had more than one party. They, um, did, they just don't, it's not a directly comparable democracy and it wasn't. Um, but I will say, yes, it's gradual. Um, the question, and I noted that the next chapter in the book is about what we, uh, what we rely on in our institutions and yeah, how we. Yeah, maybe
2: just we... Need to finish the book. Perhaps
1: the the, the question is that. Well, well, no, no, I will say, <laughs> to have a real successful opposition to a tyranny, if we so find ourselves there, you do kind of have to have organization, you know. Like, and that that may look different in the 21st century than it would have looked then. I mean, Hitler pretty much set about executing, exiling, um, putting in concentration camps, anybody that was considered a dissenter. Um, We still have dissent, loud dissent here. Um, It's a bit scary when he does things like dramatically bars news organizations from a press briefing. Um, you know, for a single press briefing uh, he, but they're they're tests of power and they're tests that he's kind of failing like a lot um mm-hmm. you know, he might be able to get some things passed
2: um he's just not good enough to be a tyrant but
1: he might just be a, a shitty tyrant <laughs> yeah. we may have to we, we, we suffer through that, but i I take everybody's point. I just wonder if um what 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 effective resistance whether it it really comes down to personal or something more more organized and then you know we are still have the liberality in this country to organize politically in a large scale way and
0: but like these institutions like are under like threat. Like they're like people who well, want the ACLU
1: to ACLU doesn't appear to be under threat. They got how many millions of dollars right over, over the, the past couple of months?
0: Granted, what I'm trying to say is like tests like oh These three or four news guys aren't invited to Mm -hmm. my next press briefing, right? Things like that. These kind of tests. Or, you know, I can say that the last president wiretapped me, know that I have the right to release that information because... I can declassify anything because I'm the would president. would we waste the Congress time on yeah, that? If right? We're being
1: abstract, some really interesting tests are happening about power right, right. now. You're absolutely
0: and, right. And, that, and that's what I'm talking about, right? And because these things kind of happen in rapid succession, after like one test of power is done, there's a heart of resistance something else comes out of left field and distracts us from that original the, the text.
1: politics of distraction. Right. So the politics here. of
0: distraction have been working in two ways. Mm-hmm. Either we're distracted from solidifying our protest and not giving power, that authority or we're just right. And, and so we don't really get to like push back or something distracts us before we even get to push back on the tyr- tyrannical nature of some kind of power flex that's happening. And it gets instituted while we're kind of thrown off to something else. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, well, we don't have ADD, but like, shit, like that just happened. Trump might be giving us all
1: a national case of ADD. Right.
0: And that just happened. So like, what do I do first? So this is kind of what I'm trying to get at. And I know, and I, and I think that to say that there is a, 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 distance between things that are organized and things that are personal kind of is like dangerous. It's like the same kind of like thought processes that say, well, if you have enough people in a room thinking the same way, saying the same thing, they must get paid a thousand dollars a week to show up in dissent, right? The idea of like paid professional. Right. That narrative
1: is very dangerous. Right.
0: So it's like, just because people are organized, I don't think makes it any less, you know, like- Personal, Like, you get... We're organized right now. Like, we, we said come through at, like, this time. You know what I'm saying? But, like, this we is We win. Like... We organize. And,
1: and, you know, when information is under threat in the way it seems to be now, um, and I, you know, part of me, the intellectual, pseudo-intellectual in me, says wait till the smoke clears and see what happens to information. Like, to the way we understand information. Not, not just from an... Like an abstract point of view, because I'm not willing to call it to say all Amer- a disproportionate about Americans believe fake news and are suspect of these things, because, you know, what the media does give is attention things and, you know, the sensational, yeah, the sensational crazy person at a rally, like in South Carolina, who's like, I heard they're busing people in for like this event or whatever, this town hall, like that is the person that is way better soundbite than the person who's like, I'm just here to support my president. I don't, you know, believe in everything he does, but, you know, I, I think he has a right to try his, you know, his way, but, you know, it's sort of, so there is there are questions being asked about information and about truth and about um, who who's got a lock on that and certainly Trump is doing his best, inadvertently perhaps or you know intentionally whatever you think to undermine the idea that the president is an arbiter of truth in some way, shape, or form, because he has the best intelligence. If, if by negating the that best contract... Right, right. The best. The, be- the best intelligence. The greatest, okay? Yeah, but if he is... If he is subverting that idea, and thereby wearing away at that contract, for, for many people in the United States who, who don't think that everything he says is true, um, then that is doing something to that office... That will be changing and will be destructive to a, a fine, eh, complicated but you know, largely, largely trustworthy, at least historically. Um,
2: so we could take down tyranny by being a bad tyrant.
1: Well, you know, take down no,
2: tyranny. No, this is something. Don't equate
1: presidency with tyranny. So, well, what I was about to
2: say, and like, basically, I want to be my last comment because you asked a good question about like how we define it, which you know we're not doing an active argument but we didn't set our terms at the beginning but tyranny and so the, the reason i just said that is because that's like i i see tyranny there's 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 the tyranny comes into play when you have political institutions and i'm not saying that there aren't other social contracts but there's there's a level of political Realm that the Western world has created that has assumed to be true in the form of governments, and we give them certain labels. And you
1: consider that tyrannical?
2: No, 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 no. What I'm saying is that that is one form of the pol- the polis of the the politics. Meaning that can be one result. We can have a more democratic, but from that is created this sense, this idea of a tyrant taking place. It is still a political position in something. But I think that tyranny exists in many forms throughout, consistently in 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 ideology, in um in various levels of yes. social contract. What you're
1: saying is that anytime humans organize together, rules are established which we are which some are explicit, some are inherent. And we participate in them sometimes voluntarily and sometimes involuntarily. I'm saying that that power
2: that is in the form that is defined by political structures as tyranny, as a negative form of of political organization, exists in other names. You could call it evil if you are like thinking of like if you're a moralist, you know, if you're thinking of the world in terms of these moral. You could you could associate everything that is evil or sinful or whatever and that um, you could call it, you know, like uh, if we talk about labor you know, you could talk about um, the, you know, if you're you're looking at Marxist interpretations of history and everything, right. you could see tyranny as alienation and other things. So I think for me, because I'm trying to get better on this podcast about stating my opinion um, that tyranny exists in many forms and that simply what we are talking about is the political form of it um, and that actually um, that may just be the opener for us understanding um, our ways and in interaction so you can fight tyranny without necessarily fighting the political form of tyranny
0: so the, that kind of brings the idea of macro and micro tyrannies right like across like conceptual like political, social, socioeconomic like whatever. One kind of thing that I I, got to end it here, but the idea of kind of destroying the office, like, and kind of like, I kind of think of this idea if if Donald Trump can successfully make the office of the presidency kind of undercut that credibility to the point where the office of the presidency can also be synonymous with like uh, the office of the fool, right? Mm -hmm. Then what does the fool get away with because no one's paying attention, right? So at what point can... A fool strategically undercut something we can identify as a test of power, because we've kind of tuned them out as being credible, right? But we're still forced to listen to all the jokes, all the all the bad plays, all the bad policy moves. But the you know, but the fool takes the stage, and he has people behind him who do things. But the fool's kind of holding the entertainment of court, and that kind of gets me to. And I know it's my last thought, but this idea, and I just want to leave it here. How much of what we're getting into is resulting in a confusion of genre in which politics is being interpreted because the nature in which we take entertainment these days as entertainment and reality Mm -hmm. television Mm -hmm. versus politics. So it kind of creates the buffer of entertainment, right? When you kind of see something as entertainment, you look for the opportunity for like a buffer in which I kind of intellectualize this belief to my regular day and where politics is kind of the people, right? And this is affecting everyday lives and real people real decisions. So the danger of politics becoming entertainment and kind of creating a buffer zone in which we can't tell the difference. And so we don't know when something is something that needs to be addressed versus something that is foolish, right? The big question is when do we take him seriously? When do we take him literally? And and this kind of being like the issue we're having. So maybe, you know, this is, uh, maybe we'll have a different word for it 40 years from now. What's happening now, right? We've kind of uh, seen tyranny as kind of exercised solely through the politic, right? But tyranny kind of, what does that look like when it's being layered and textured real heavily with what we can considered to be hard entertainment these days. you We start off with a reality show, right? Mm-hmm. And kind of, like, having a hard time. Oh my gosh, like, these people had to be saved from, like, this kind of forced polygamy. Mm-hmm. That's horrible. Let me get some popcorn, like, go on Grubhub and watch it, binge watch it on Netflix with, like, my friends. Like, Right so Good it's like, that there's a distance right there. there's a distance there right? and I can talk like oh well, my
1: we have blurred the line between public and private between entertainment and personal between reality and unreality whatever those ever meant in the first place and entertainment's part of that I will though, say though um, reality tv aside and he is a denizen of that because that you know apprentice yeah. is like one of the forerunners of that genre I
2: had to watch it in school
1: a lot of <laughs> a lot of narrative television, a lot of like creative narrative television has gotten increasingly moral, increasingly political. So I would not lump entertainment together, perhaps a certain idea inherent in the concept, the abstract concept of entertainment. But I agree with you. I think that's a fair point. What what does it mean if the United States can have this kind of president now? Yeah.
0: And we're going to end it there. Yeah. So we're here asking you, challenging you at the end of this episode you know how are you informing power? So just think about that on your way wherever you are to Mick on his way to LA. Yeah, don't feel no. Mick. Don't feel too
2: guilty because you know? then you, you can just be complicit. It's okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> only only Mick can be complicit. <laughs> only Mick can be complicit on his way to
2: Mick, LA. You're allowed. You're allowed. Um, yeah. I actually want to ask Charlotte where she thinks we are on the station since Ooh, this is like the honor.
1: Like... All right. Well, then I'm a CCTV camera. Watching myself coming home from the gym, standing on a street corner, still looking at that guy passed out over Ooh. a bottle, wondering what call to make.
2: <sighs> That's some paranormal activity shit right there.
1: Extremely.
0: It's meta. We're there. <laughs> Catch us on the next episode of at Hero Philosopher's Midland Station. This is Greg's. This is Spaceman.
1: And I'm still not Mick. <laughs> still not, <laughs> not Mick.
2: <laughs> Boom. On that note, <laughs> bye. Bye-bye.